Thank you very much. Uh, Chairman Schatz, uh, Vice Chairwoman uh, Murkowski, and honorable members of the committee. Um, my name is Stephen Greetham. I serve as senior counsel to the Chickasaw Nation. And I want to thank you for the opportunity to speak today. Uh, the committee called this hearing to inquire as to freed person descendants' tribal citizenship rights under eight, various 1866 treaties. For Chickasaw, this inquiry is controlled by Article 3 of our 1866 treaty, a treaty to which the Choctaw Nation is also a party. The United States Supreme Court adjudicated the committee's question more than a century ago. Consistent with that adjudication, we have not violated, nor are we violating, our treaty. But before I go further, let me state plainly. Human chattel slavery is a stain on history. It is a stain on the continent's history, on the United States' history, and on Chickasaw history. Likewise, Jim Crow is a stain on the United States and Oklahoma's history. There's no room for ambiguity on those points, and nothing I say today should be interpreted as suggesting any ambiguity. Relevant to the committee's inquiry, the Chickasaw Nation's 1866 treaty provides for a land session to the United States, but conditions federal compensation on the nation's choosing to extend citizenship to freed persons. That choice was neither made nor supplanted by the treaty, which only spoke to the consequence of whichever choice the Chickasaw made. The Chickasaw people deliberated and chose not to extend citizenship. In doing so, the Chickasaw expressly relinquished any claim to compensation for the lands the United States took. This choice was not a violation of the treaty, but its implementation. And of course, as the Supreme Court recently quipped, history did not stop in 1866. In the wake of restored treaty relations, the U.S. again broke faith. Giving in to non-native political pressure, Congress turned its efforts to undermining tribal self-government and opening indigenous lands to non-native settlement so Oklahoma could be formed as a brand new state. It should be remembered that throughout this period, Chickasaws themselves were not U.S. citizens, though they and their rights remained subject to Congress's claim to plenary authority over Indian affairs. In the chaos resulting from this pressure campaign, disputes over freed person rights arose. And in 1902, Congress directed us to court. And by us, I mean the United States and the Chickasaw Nation and the Freedmen and the Choctaw Nation. Here's Congress's language. Authority is hereby conferred on the Court of Claims to determine the existing controversy respecting the relations of the Chickasaw Freedmen to the Chickasaw Nation and the rights of such freedmen in the lands of the Choctaw and Chickasaw Nations under the third article of the Treaty of 1866 between the United States and the Choctaw and Chickasaw Nations and under any and all laws subsequently enacted by the Chickasaw Legislature or by Congress. In considering the case, the court concluded, one, Congress had not independently vested freed persons with citizenship, and two, the treaty did not impose an obligation for the tribe to do so. Instead, the treaty provided for potential citizenship. As the Court of Claims put it, quote, a means whereby freedmen might, by consent of the tribe and the voluntary action of former slaves, become members, close quote. Based on treaty text and the party's actions, the court ruled freed persons were, quote, Freed persons, quote, relation to the Chickasaw Nation is, as the treaty expresses, the same as citizens of the United States in the nation. This remains a true statement of law and fact today. And again, the statement represents treaty implementation, not violation. Treaties matter. They're the supreme law of the land. The federal legal system both produced the Chickasaw Nation's 1866 treaty 
and adjudicated its meaning more than a century ago. We are both the Chickasaw Nation and the United States bound by the court's disposition of the matter. Mindful of questions the law does not answer though, Chickasaw stands by this process and result. All peoples work to reconcile their often complicated histories over time. The US and Chickasaw signed the 1866 treaty during a difficult period in our shared history, a period in which the United States began its own process of reconciling its dehumanizing reliance on human chattel slavery. We're more than 150 years on now and that process continues as it should. But the law matters. Chickasaw history like other histories involves growth and setback, trial and progress. In its most recent generations, the nation has made tremendous progress in rebuilding its governing institutions. Today, it employs thousands, both Chickasaw citizens and, like me, non-citizens. It invests in communities throughout its reservation, Oklahoma, and the region. It is dynamic and its work is ongoing. It remains committed to this rebuilding effort and it engages in it consistent with the law and its people's right to sovereign self-determination. Thank you for the opportunity to speak to you today, and thank you for the opportunity to start a conversation. Thank you very much. Ms. Van, please proceed with your testimony.